When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been running high when you're screaming my name. All right. Uh, let me tell This is you fun. All of our time spent. Can't you see, can't you see how you love's affecting our reality? Every time we're down, you can make it right, and that makes you larger than. I'm still recording, so. Me too. The first thing that you can see is the kind of complicated magic that uh, this takes. This is a combination of both arcane and divine magic from what you can tell. A lot of threads here are arcane threads, but they're displacing force and power into sand. They have made a binding between the uniforms that you wear and the vessels full of sand below, which are constantly being refilled by competition staff. You can see, though, that there's some life force connected to it. It is because people are wearing these uniforms that, that it allows these spells to work. So there's divine influence on there. And your triumph is that you know that you can bypass this if you want. And the way you would do that is by lighting your sword on fire. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So any weapon on fire could do this or... Just no, 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 no. The divine fire of Gable's sword <laughs> is the only thing that would be able to bypass this spell. Oh, my word. Oh, boy. It's time. It's time to stop being polite and start getting real. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what I pictured this looking like is so Metatron just slowed down we hit something and no the the bird knows okay this is a dangerous place to be we are definitely in a not great spot i'm just gonna try and fly away and hopefully this will all be behind us uh gable feels all this out and realizes this part of the magic all of a sudden snaps to and grabs the reins taut in a way that jerks metatron back and flips metatron around with a complete 180, with a solid, extreme focus on one target and one target alone, and with eyes right in the middle of Tiberius Youngblood's head, Gable puts the sword down at their side and starts to think. Cool. While Gable is in the middle of thinking, uh... I think Hildred is going to, once again, go after Batari. I mean, that would be really narratively convenient. Ah, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, though? (laughs) Oh, holy shit. What happened? So Hildred rolls seven successes and three advantages. Excuse? How big was that pool? 
Why are my pools uh, not that big? James! Well, Hildred <laughs> has, uh, for the past at least five years of her life, trained exclusively at the Joust, and she's huh. won it three times because she's done it so much. Well, yes, but that doesn't explain why she has more dice than I do. She's also, well, she's also going very fast. So, okay, so Hildred sure, has, sure. uh, in her stats, four yellow dice in her brawn. Um, mm-hmm. she's, and she's currently, or she was, I guess, until recently, uh, moving at six speed. Uh, she's temporarily dropped to four speed, which is slightly below her minimum. So she's going to need to reclaim that at the end of the round. Uh-huh. And she also committed to this strike. And she did spend a little bit of endurance to do that. So her overall dice pool was five yellow dice and one green against two purple because Batari is moving so much slower than Victory. And she swoops in and she strikes this bird. I think this might be an insane amount of overkill, which could get her in trouble here. I mean, that's my girl. Is it like too showy? I don't date subtle women. <laughs> so that's going to be 15 damage. Okay. Yeah. So she strikes Batari again with her lance. Like I, I think the first time she hit and she did that cool flyby on Gable and victory tucked into a tight turn. It did that thing that Peregrine Falcons do uh, when they are like remaneuvering themselves, but still kind of in a dive and just moves in a tight circle and bam! Strikes the same position again. This time, Batari is flown, is thrown very far off balance as the sand starts to explode. It moves through violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, red, and finally black. Black sand explodes in the sky. There are excited screams mixed with, from the spring section, gasps of shock. You can see that Hildred is penalized minus five points for an overkill strike. It is called an overkill strike because it spends the spell that is protecting combatants to the very limits. And it threatens to actually hurt the person on the back of this bird or the bird itself in a lethal way. Um if you go too hard at your opponents, uh, it might actually work against you. In this case, though, uh, Batari is fully hit to the point where all of its endurance is maxed out and it is barely keeping itself in the sky. With that, Hildred immediately moves into a stunt to regain some lost speed. So zipping by, uh, like you can see Batari is thrown completely off balance and it is taking Ratuki everything in their power to remain on the back of this swan as it flails through the sky. Basically, uh, the swan is wants very much to land and regain its composure before taking back off. But Ratuki knows that if the swan does land, they'll be disqualified. Mm. Uh, we move on to aristocracy who yeah, fuck that guy sees an opponent moving up into the air uh-huh uh tiberius is going to try and follow gable into the sky sure so because he did that maneuver last round increasing his speed that's gonna put him back in position to do an attack again And I believe he is going to commit to the strike, spending four of his speed to pull this off. Uh, Oh, do you know what uh, Metatron's current speed was? Here's the thing. We didn't actually do a turn for me. 
Oh, I that's did the, right. Yeah. I detected the magic and we didn't actually do anything. Well, Tyler said that, that they were gaining altitude. I'm going to call that probably a stunt. Okay. So that means I gained. So you would have reset to your minimum speed at the start of the round. So three. It, you would have started at three and you would gain at least one speed, putting you at four. With the stunt. Yeah, probably. Let's make it four. So this attack is still just going to be average difficulty because he's moving faster than you by more than three speed at the start of this. Gable getting hurt. It's okay, Gable. You big strong. Gable's getting hurt. No, they'll they'll take it. They can do it. Big strong, but also ow. Big strong ow. ow. Ouch. Ouch, Charlie. <laughs> Gable. Gable bit me. Gable bit me. Ow, Gable, that really hurt. Okay, Gable, you got nine damage coming at you before That's soak. Fine. Oops. That strike is, again, another mid-tier strike. It hits the yellow zone, uh, scoring an injury for Tiberius, giving him a decent score at this point. Tiberius, like, I, I think... What what this is is just the powerful wings of aristocracy flapping against the wind to the point where he's actually gaining speed on an ascent. Uh, he's charging on an ascent, which would normally be very difficult, uh, but Gabe, but Gable doesn't have exactly the best control over your bird right now. No, uh, as <laughs> you're hit from the back like once again uh th this time a lance is uh digging into an old wound on your shoulder mm -hmm. and tiberius uh has a moment where like th because they hit you from behind uh they pass you um and i think aristocracy is going to fall back into a graceful dive down and he looks at you with an eagle-eyed smirk. And I say eagle-eyed smirk Ugh. because he has the eyes of a literal eagle in his head. I have a question. So that hit, is that the shoulder where Fishhook got me? Um, that, that's, that's the shoulder where one of your wings was cut away. Well, that's both shoulders, but I had a shoulder that yeah. had... Uh, why, why not? Let's make it a Fishhook shoulder. Because that might also mean... How long has it been since that fight? I I mean, we actually don't know the amount of travel time between uh It can't have been more Shank than like two, wait, two weeks, right? That that's true, but you know, in those two weeks, two things are true. Dreth I, was yeah. on your ship, um tending to you with both divine magic and the best medical care imaginable. Okay. Um, also, to this is a role-playing game, there. and I don't want to think too much about permanent injuries unless we think <laughs> they are narratively fun and fulfilling. I just think it would be interesting if Gable still had the stitches that Dref put in them. Oh, cool. Yeah. And they're so, getting ripped open. Absolutely. I mean... There were some advantages with that, so you know we'll, we'll call we'll call that exactly that. Uh, you feel a tearing at your side um, as slowly, one by one, the catgut stitches in you tear away. One of Dreff's last gifts given to you, cruelly taken from you, in a strike that reminds you of your oldest wound. Tiberius meets your eyes and mouths I'm going to kill you like I killed my brother and there's nothing you can do to stop me into a dive Gable's not here anymore Well, before Gable's turn, I am going to have the much faster victory stunt before going after Arist uh, before going after Batari once more. 
This time, because uh, Batari has completely lost all of their endurance, they are vulnerable for a seize. This check will just be hard for victory instead of daunting. Uh, A seize maneuver is when a bird simply attempts to pick a challenger up off of their bird and throw them aside, completely dismounting them and removing an opponent from the competition. Victory is going to spend endurance and speed uh, to upgrade this. Wow. With one success and one advantage, Batari is dismounted. Victory has been flying in this repetitive tight circle. So there was one hit, then two. And on that second hit, uh, Victory climbed up. Uh, Instead of going directly up like Tiberius and Gable opted to, Hildred has directed her bird uh, to simply fly up and out over the stands for a slow circle, waiting for her opponent to regain his composure. Um, At the moment that it looks like the swan is once again reoriented and Ratu Ki is ready to once again uh, join the fight, Victory dives. It's a straight dive towards Ratuki. They're too busy dealing with the bird's reins to defend themselves as Victory's talons lash out. It's a clean grab in the air, pulling him off the bird by the arm. He's thrown, tumbling through the air, onto the sheets of feather weave that float just below the competition space in the arena. His descent starts quickly, but is slowed by the feather weave, and he's gently bounced up as Hildred is awarded eight points for dismounting her opponent. The summer court crowd goes wild as the spring court is screaming their anger and hatred, cursing at Hildred. Uh, The announcers are uh, just singing her praises. Hildred Gestar! This is her fourth dismount in this competition. Absolutely phenomenal. She is a contender if there was ever one. A champion in heart, brain, mind, and body. We have no choice but to stand. I will stand as well. Well, I, oh, uh, speaking of standing, I just stood as soon as I finished up my business in the loo. <laughs> oh, do please tell us about your time in the loo and spare us no detail. I can't believe it's taken us this long to come back to this. But we are always here. Well, sometimes I am uh, in the loo and not, in fact, here, but I am present in the stadium. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Some new flavor for our characters. (laughs) Did you think that I've been using the the loo here, right here in the room? We didn't know. We didn't understand where you were coming from. We were too uh, entranced by the festivities of competition. Ah, well, as you know, sometimes I am uh, entranced by the festivities of constipation, and uh, that uh, does keep me <laughs> in the loop. I will stand for we'll that as well. I will stand for and that. excellently delivered technical joke. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master. Welcome to the mid-roll. Folks, we are approaching the end of this arc. First and foremost, that means the holidays are coming up. We are going to be taking Christmas off this year. We will be back the following week, though, which is New Year's. It's not something that I'm super excited about doing, but I also didn't want to take two weeks in a row off. The other thing it means is a side story. 
Now, I mentioned last week that we have been working on Campaign Courier's Call, an all-ages story in the Skyjacks universe. It's going to start off with a three-part special that'll start posting in January. After those three episodes, the main campaign Skyjacks feed is going to return to your regular campaign. And Courier's Call will receive its own feed. I really hope everyone checks out Courier's Call. It is such a fun series. And yes, it is connected to the main Skyjacks universe, and you'll be seeing at least one familiar face in that game. Part of the reason Courier's Call is getting its own feed is the charity drive we're doing right now with World Builders. In case you haven't heard, friend of the show Patrick Rothfuss runs a charity called World Builders, and at the end of every year, they do a big drive for Heifer International, which provides folks living all over the world in extreme poverty with resources to help themselves lead markedly improved lives. You can support OneShot's effort to raise money for this drive by heading over to our team page at bit.ly slash OSN WorldBuilders. If we manage to reach fundraising stretch goals, we'll provide you with more community rewards, like at the $20,000 level where Patrick Rothfuss will guest on campaign Skyjacks. I cannot tell you how much I want to see that one come through. But our team page isn't the only one raising money. Pat maintains his own team page, where at the $200,000 level, and I know that sounds wild, but they are coming up on that one pretty quick, Pat and I will run a game set in Temerant, the setting for Pat's own King Killer Chronicles. That's right, we will record a one-shot actual play set in that universe with Pat at the table. Now, if you're a fan of King Killer like I am, I can tell you that I'm going to use this opportunity to ferret out delicious little narrative chunks about that universe while we play. So please head over to the World Builders page, support this cause because it's a really, really good one. And in the process, get yourself some rad rewards. Before we get back to the episode, though, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Josiah, thank you so much. Maria Evers, thank you. Joel Dunkelberg, thank you so much. Aaron Homer, thank you very much. Darren Webb, thank you. Catherine Musia, Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. Julie Horan. Thank you so much. Mary Olivia. Thank you very much. Paul Facknitz. Thank you so much, Paul. Anne Graves. Thank you very much. Gareth Wessler. Thank you so much. Robin Reed. Thank you very much, Robin. Cliff Alez Curie. Thank you. Stefan Diemer. Thank you so much. And Corey Kelso. Thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you like what you hear here and you want to help us keep producing shows like Skyjacks, please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and make a small contribution. Even as little as a dollar a month helps us bring you the content that you love. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Travis up to, huh? Yeah, let's cut back over to Travis. Um, Travis, you are in the hotel room, I okay. believe. And you are a man. I thought, okay. For how much longer am I a man? I'd say you have maybe a couple minutes. Oh, okay. Cool. Not too long. Uh, well, mm. Captain. Captain is there, right? Yeah, the captain okay. is here with you staring out the window. Um, Captain, it's time for us to have another fun adventure. Um, I will be a bird again, and I will be on your shoulder, guiding you, helping you the whole time. Uh, so in a couple minutes, when I become more bird than man, we'll need to leave, okay? Wait, so if you have any questions now... 
let me know. Otherwise, um, we'll head out soon. The captain does not move or even acknowledge your presence. Just stares out the window, fixed on that point in the distance on the wall of Bougenith, where a ship is docked, flying a blue flag. What you looking at? <sighs> Johnny, do you have Jeff's heart with you? Okay, yeah, okay. The pocket. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if like, yeah. you put it down on a nightstand somewhere or something. <laughs> Oops. Which would be very I funny. I accidentally, um, I went to the bank to make a deposit, and I think I accidentally put it in one of the tubes, and it got sucked up into <laughs> the bank. <laughs> and that was its own hilarious adventure, which, you know, we'll explore in some sort of side episode or bonus Patreon content. Mm -hmm. That'll be that'll be a short oh, film before gonna. a feature length movie, I think. Uh, yeah, look for it in front of the next Frozen. <laughs> it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> it's it's the uh, the Tangled short where Pascal and Maximus uh, lose the ring and have to get it back. Oh, really? it's, that it's a treat. Like fun. It's a treat. Mm -hmm. Sounds very charming. I mean, better anyway. than the Frozen short in front of Coco, which was like a full 30 minutes or some hot nonsense. Yes. Well, so you try and tell Olaf the spirit of Christmas is inside your heart. <laughs> it takes a while. That's what it was, I, right? I think so. Yes, right? Uh -huh. Where's John? Uh, we're with Travis for the time being. But uh, Travis did just say, what are you looking at? I think you walk up behind the captain. Are you actually trying to follow the captain's sight line? I think so. Make a perception check for me. It's going to be average. Oh, hold on. Let me bust out the old dirty D's. Let's see what my what my whole thing is with perception. So we made it pretty good. Two hours and twenty-seven minutes into this recording before Johnny opened his character sheet. It was open. I just didn't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna roll the dice. Stop talking about it. Just do it, man. He's doing it. That's that real Ooh. audio. Okay, I think I kind of. Um, Fucking destroyed Fucked that. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> That's um, oh, baby. five successes and a threat. Yeah, Get baby. Yeah. Yeah. This did Austin make me powers. horny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you follow the captain's sightline easily over to the blue flag flying off of the ship. You can see it because the sun is cresting near it and it's lit up in the orange-red sunset that is always over Bougenith at this time of day. The deep royal blue of the flag still stands prominent. You're so close to magic hour, right before the sun has disappeared. It's the symbol of the bandit queen, and the Tempest Armada. And the captain's eyes are locked on it, unblinking, unmoving, fully focused. Do you, uh, Miss her? Hmm. Mm. Let's see. I think Orimar continues that cold, unmoving stare without acknowledging Travis, except the smallest flinch in his eye. Look, I know that uh, we all had a lot of fun kind of bullying draft, but you can <laughs> you can talk to me. Um, I'm just your old pal, Travis, and uh, anything you got to say, it's between you and me. 
you know? And you don't have to, but if you want to. Boy, I'd love to hear it. Johnny, this strikes me as a time in a narrative where a normally, like, kind of shut-in, reclusive character uh, would reveal something about themselves Mm. to someone that they believe would not be able to talk to anyone else. Sure. Uh, (laughs) You know, I could go first, maybe. Um, I don't know if, if you knew this or not, but... Every night I do turn into an animal. Um, I'm kidding, you know that. (laughs) Um, You know, Dref was a... As good a friend as I've ever had. Um, And I know that... uh, Nobody probably misses him more than you, and I can't say that I... Well, I can't say that I know whether or not I miss him at all. I don't know if I... still can miss anyone. Because, you know, I miss everyone. Um, But losing him... got me thinking more than usual when I lose someone. I can't help but feel like... like I'm a little closer to the end than I ever have been. And I don't know why. I like to imagine at this moment that Travis is looking at the captain as he's leaned up against this big window in this room which is alight with the orange-red glow of sunset, uh, and of course, also shaped like a big spooky skull. The orange-red light cuts through Travis's hair as he sort of leans back and looks up thoughtfully. Now it's your turn. So if there's anything you want to tell me... Favorite people on the ship. Gossip about the bandit queen. Give me a raise. (laughs) And I think you feel something on your wrist. As you look down, the captain has grabbed you by the wrist. And slowly, his gaze shifts in an almost mechanical way from the window to your eyes. And you can see the cool, dark brown eyes of Oromar Vale stare into yours. Even as a dead man, the stare is intense. It reminds you of the kind of quiet intelligence that rests inside large predators. He stares at you Mm -hmm. and through you, cutting you to your very core. Grabbing your wrist, he pulls you closer to himself and moves his hand from his wrist to your side, at just about your chest. And then you feel the pulse of a heartbeat in your pocket. Mm. Just as the goopening begins. (laughs) Jade, no! Let's cut over to the good boy, Jonnet. Where is he? Where is Jonnet? Where is the good boy? And Johnny's never going to do this negotiation. Yeah, we're in trouble. Um... (laughs) So Jonnet is on top of a Ferris, Ferris wheel. wheel, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all successfully been avoided. Yeah. It's done, yeah. right? Um, Jonnet is going to, I'm going to see if, is there anything that would be able to like 
connect me to Traveler Quan. All of this happened, I feel like, when Jonnet was kind of like trying to best a personal challenge. And now he's realizing in the silence of it that he has paid no real attention to Traveler Quan and like the where she is. Is there anything that would be like a link between us because we both were on the ends of this spell? Yeah, I kind of like the idea that the vision of the ocean and the vi- vision of Jonnet's older self and the mariner and the boats, the water, it all fades away. And all that's left is the tail end of this meditation. But it's not a lonely meditation. Traveler Quan is keeping it with you. Wherever she is on the other side of this wall doing these spells, she's there with you and she's watching you. It's very hard to read the expression on her face. Traveler Quan has spent a lifetime in a temple specifically learning negotiation and rhetoric and has trained herself not to give anything away. Jonnet is so in the his mind is in, still in his meditation looking at Traveler Quan and he kind of just bashfully there's a I mean there's there's no way in hell you could have seen that coming right No Jonnet I don't think anyone could have seen that coming Is is this something that I'm going to have to leave the Uhuru in order to get a handle on That's up to you Then no There are many different paths to knowledge. A man can find out what the shape of a town is by climbing a mountain, spending days and weeks going through perilous passes and moving over sharp, rocky cliffs, endangering his life to look down over the shape of the town. Or he could simply look at a map. You came upon this knowledge and this power in a meditation. The gifts that you were given helped you get there, but it was a dangerous path. You very well could have died today because you don't know what you're doing. I know! That's what I'm trying to tell everyone! It's just... I touched that feather and my world got bigger. And I... I want to keep up, but I don't know what I'm doing yet. The universe has given you all the abilities to claim the future that we both see laid out before you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you the liquid swords would be able to help you shape that future. I have learned things that in your hands could become considerable forces. Whether for good or ill, I don't know. That depends on your heart. But the liquid swords would not turn you away if you arrived at their door. Where is their door? I can give you a piece of the puzzle. But if you truly deserve to learn from the liquid swords, you will have to sort the rest out for yourself. I feel like every time I learn something new about myself and want to head towards it or drive towards it, I get hit with another riddle. And yeah, of course, I'm going to take the riddle, I'm, but nah, I'm just, I'm just tired. Uh, Traveler Quan walks over to you as the vision is starting to fade more and more away. No, 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 like, no, 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 the- no. no. Out of body experience that you have is like, like you can almost, you can see your body beneath the two of oh, you. Cool. She moves over to put a hand on your shoulder and gives you a truly sympathetic look. Jonnet, life's a bitch. Ha! And then you die. <laughs> uh, but she grabs your chin and guides your eyes back to hers. And she begins to speak a verse. And this is actually a verse that uh, the... Mendez, uh, the person who created the Liquid Swords Monastery for us, actually wrote out. Ooh. Cool. Should I wait? Is this something that I should Very take cool. note of myself? <laughs> uh, I have I have this written down. Gotcha. I am not going to do the bullshit thing where 
I force players to remember that sort of thing. <laughs> Thank you. In this instance, podcast, Daddy. I reserve the right to do that in other places. <laughs> hey. Because it's a fun, shitty thing to do. You can't deny that we got heaven on that tip. Forever we will reign, but we gonna never drip. Not with cleverness of brain, but with balanced breath that has ridden our meridians to challenge death. You can feel the rhythm of that verse channel through you. It's a piece, just a small piece of a larger picture. It moves on to the next verse, and as she speaks, her words fade away. Whether this verse exists or not, you know that you're not ready to hear the rest of it at this point, as you fall back into yourself and wake up on top of a Ferris wheel. Whoa. That was kind of hot. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you're drenched in sweat right now. <laughs> uh, I think in that moment, yeah, Jonnet immediately like takes off uh, his 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 shirt and it's just like kind of just taking a moment. And whether or not it's probably beneficial for him to be taking his time, he just needs to collect himself. And then maybe he realizes that uh, the the Ferris wheel is slowly uh, back on the move down. He very calmly uh, collects up all of the ritual materials, puts the candles back, like notices that the candles have burned almost all the way down. And he's like kind of questioning how long he's been up there. But when he goes to get off of the Ferris wheel, he does the thing where he's tired but he still kind of like kicks his foot up a little playfully when he steps down off the cart. <laughs> he lands and then he starts to walk back to the town and then he stops and he looks back out at the sea that I assume right now is pretty calm compared and he just realizes and remembers what he was able to do if he just allowed himself to calm his mind and make some noise on his own. Yeah, we have a moment where the camera sweeps over Jonnet's shoulder, and it moves out over a calm sea. We can still somehow see Jonnet over this long, long distance, but there are calm and peaceful waves that border directly against a gnashing and horrible sea, angry ocean full of ships with broken masts. And then it zips back. That darkness in the water and the light around the city stands in stark relief. As we cut back over to Gable. Yes. Where's the sun in the sky right now? uh, The sun is now, is just now disappearing behind the horizon, which means it is the golden hour. The hour that colors are at their truest. Okay. It's my turn, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I have a question about stunting. When I spend a maneuver plus endurance to gain, how many times can I do that? Um, so if Just you the were... once? Yes. Um, let's see. But if I spent more endurance, could I do it more times? Let's see. If you spend the maneuver, you gain one speed. Uh, yeah, I'll allow you to continue to mill more endurance into that. Okay. Um, it's a little broken for actual rules, but narratively it works really well right now. Okay. I'm trying to remember where Metatron's endurance was. I think uh, you are at right now 14 of your 15 endurance. I've got a lot. I'm going to spend three endurance okay. to gain six speed. Actually, no. I'm going to spend five. What does that bring your speed up to then? That'll be 10 plus four, 14. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't intend for this to last very long. All right. This is what's going to happen. Gable's positioning themselves so high up in wider and wider circles, flapping as hard as uh, Metatron can, and then stopping, not uh, facing away from the sun, so it just looks like a big black shadow 
on the back. Uh, as soon as everyone's looking up, it just looks like those paintings that you draw when you're a kid of a sunset that where you make oh, the, the little the, birds like, are like little you M's. Make, you're just like little black M's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as they get to the highest point, that's when divine magic begins to take hold. And fire doesn't start on the blade. I'm not sure if this has happened with Metatron specifically, but I hope and pray that the bird is used to it. Fire begins at, I forget what it's called, but the mouthpiece of the bridle. The bit? At the bit. It begins to spark and sizzle down all the way to the bridle, to the, to the saddle, and then shoots down Gable's sword, which they now tuck into the socket of their shoulder in preparation for one final joust. It stings as it rubs up against your freshly burst stitches. Perfect. Where's Tiberius? Tiberius is directly below you. Okay. I think... Yeah, you know, it's just a charge. Gable right. dives. This is going to be of average difficulty. I mean, my speed's greater than him by a lot. Yeah, your speed's greater than him by uh, three or more. Yes. Um. Yeah, you know what? You've more than doubled his speed. Mm-hmm. We'll give you easy. And James, would this count as uh, hand-to-hand combat? Probably not, right? No, this is this is definitely a melee. Okay, definitely melee. But what I'm saying is for like the duelist skill that I have. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you're not fighting Hildred right now, and Hildred is the only valid combatant other than Tiberius. So, yeah, this would count for your duelist, I think. So that means I just get a blue die for it. Yeah, we'll stretch the rules as far as possible. At this yes, point. please. All right. Fuck me. That's one advantage. Fuck, come on. I work so hard. Ah, that doesn't make any sense because my speed is fucking four, almost 15. Phenomenally. I mean, did you spend any speed to upgrade the check? I. Oh, no, okay, no, I, did, so I forgot. No, I forgot I was supposed to do so, that. So okay. That's, that's commi- yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Let's that's, that's commit to the strike. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm so, going to charge, but I didn't upgrade any. Okay, I'm going to do that instead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can totally do this. Um, oh, okay. When charging, you may spend one speed to add one damage to the attack. For every uh, speed added this way, it's going to add a black die to your attack roll. So that's going to make it die. harder for you to hit. <sighs> so spend speed to add damage, but when you're adding damage, you're making it harder to hit? Yes, yes. So you're you're charging, but you're charging forward in such a straight and direct line that, you know, if your opponent were to try and maneuver away from you, you know, you'd be more likely to miss. Hmm. Um, I was, see, I was adding speed because I was trying to up that. I thought, I guess I'm reading this wrong. So, so, so the way this, the way charge works is because uh, they have, your opponent is going slower than you by more than three uh at this point because you've doubled their speed it is an easy check to hit them which should have been one purple die i did two i fucked that okay up. so okay. then you do actually need to reroll. <laughs> uh, now <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you are allowed to add uh so you can spend one speed to add one damage to your attack. For every two speed added, uh, for every two speed spent this way, you can you will gain a black die, which makes my roll harder. Okay, which will make your roll harder. Okay, I'm not going to risk that again. So now I'm going to do this roll again. So you do get one for free. So okay, then I will. I'll spend one speed to add one damage. Cool. So that'll be okay. So that's average. Oh Jesus! Oh, I can't. I just want this yeah, to work. Easy so is one purple. Average is two. 
All right, so I have the blue and I have my regular melee, which is yellow and a green against one purple. Let's try this again. <laughs> that is much better. That is four successes and a threat. Thank <laughs> the Lorb. <laughs> the Lorb smiles on you today. The Lorb breasts uh, you. I'm sorry for a 10 minute so roll. <laughs> nah, you good, man. Well, it was like five. Yeah, we had to. We had to get it right. I was not gonna let you get away with with uh, this big roll against an <laughs> opponent like this, uh, but we managed to somehow pull it out. So <laughs> it, it was three successes. You said uh, four successes and a threat. Four successes. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's plus your three brawn uh-huh. and the four damage of your weapon. Uh huh. So. That is 11 so far, 12 for the extra damage from diving. And then there's this wrathful smite effect of your sword uh, because it's on fire, which does an amount of damage that we haven't actually determined in official rules yet. No, just in narrative rules, but you implied that that means exactly you're going to be bypassing. He's actually receiving this damage. Um, so, Liz, please tell me what it looks like as you cut Tiberius Youngblood in half. (laughs) Messy. Oh boy. Scotty Jackson. Okay, we return once again to the long line of prospective crew members in front of the skyship Uhuru. Uh, Someone tentatively uh, uh, leaves that line, places a headshot and resume down on the table in front of the group, and sits down. Uh, He is a man in his mid-30s with brown hair. He looks to be about six feet tall, uh, and he's got glasses. Uh, They are roundish with a little bit of purple on him uh hello hey okay go ahead all right so uh the first things that we need from you this is a new thing that we're trying out i want you to have uh if you could uh describe yourself in three adjectives what would those be uh sure uh those would be podcaster (laughs) i knew it was james i knew it was james (laughs) (laughs) i have seen this man everyone well i did give you my resume and i have seen him in a vision his name is james he is a terrible man a trash boy a garbage monster who has come to haunt your life and wants to ruin everything that you hold dear please do not listen to him send him away now 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 before we send me away I am responsible for some of how this universe works. Oh, and God, complex you feel much. Better if I was close by. Hmm? Hmm? Let me ask you, James, have you ever read The Dark Tower? I have not, and I refuse to. Okay, well, we're sort of treading into the territory where it started to get real bad. Okay, well, uh, I mean, is that like just a general Stephen King thing? Because that happened. It felt like. Right out of the gate, that was one of the characters in It, and everybody is extremely horny for It. But he was he was in the book. I have a he's Bill. I have a suggestion before we throw you into the water and make sure that you drown. I want each of us to go around and say something to James, a random frustration you may have, or perhaps a uh, a criticism that you would like to give a person who you think may control a world such as this. Uh, yeah, I'm open to some feedback. Yes, uh, whoever wants to begin. 
I'll start. Uh, no, he was actually in the Dark Tower. Like Stephen, actually, Stephen actually, King. Yes, he's a character <laughs> in the Dark Tower. A character in the Dark Tower, and, so, and not just a transparent sort of self-insert. No, the, Stephen the King, man. the real man, married to Tabitha King, who lives in Maine. Did Tabitha King show up in the Dark Tower? Well, this isn't I believe exactly she a did. Criticism, is it? I don't. Well, think that's so. nice. Hmm. Um, I guess that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's more of a fun fact I than guess. anything else. More as a fun yeah. fact than criticism. Um, okay. Well, that was a fair criticism there. I'll take uh, also, you're bad. You're you're bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on, I, hold on. Uh, I acknowledge the failure. Uh, I live in the wow, he's learning from his mistakes, though. Let the failure make me stronger. Uh, Tyler, who's Tyler? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> John. Whoa, whoa. Okay, I just got weird vibes from this man. Like he just saw something in me that I don't know if I saw it myself. So I'm just going to go ahead and I don't want you reading me, sir. So I'm just going to say hard pass. My name is Jonnet. Just a hard pass. Hard pass. But on the criticism too, you don't want to offer any constructive criticism? I'm saying saying my criticism is that you read too deeply too soon into people that you don't know and shouldn't have deep knowledge of. Okay. So I'm I'm not a fan of this. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, these are all great comments. Not nearly as uh, eviscerating as I would have wanted. Um, my criticism is that I think that if you, if I were the creator of a world, mm-hmm. uh, some great omnipotent being, or I had people who were populating that world, I would want to pay them so much more than what they were being paid, if they were being compensated at all. And I understand that things are complicated, but I think some people would really appreciate, uh, like, getting paid so much more money, like, so much more money. I think it would be really valuable to get paid a lot more money than they're currently getting paid to do a thing. And I know some of it is they really enjoy being part of the world, being part of the project, but money, a lot more of it would be so, so good. Okay. Also, leave me the business when you die. Hmm? Hmm? Leave me the business when you die. Okay. Okay. So Travis wants the business and Gable just wants people to be paid more money. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will, I will. I've got right in front of me here a checkbook. I will write JPC a check. Who is JPC? <laughs> I think you know. Oh my god, I do know. Wait a second, my hands. They're. they're <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Wait, I can't feel my face. I can't Don't feel it. Don't think about it too hard. I... Don't think about it too hard. Oh god. I will write JPC a check. JPC will get more money. Would that no, make he, you happy? He does not deserve, of all of us, he deserves the least money. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. But I will give JPC more money. If that's the request, it goes to JPC. There's no other wow. option? There's nothing we can... You weren't specific enough, and I am a capricious dungeon master. <laughs> I can inflict whatever torments on you that I would. It's so much harder to be mean to you when you're like here, like in our face. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier to cyberbully you, whatever that means. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of the thing of cyberbullying. You know, when you when you have anonymity, it makes it so much easier. But when you have to look in the eyes of the the dummy that you're bullying, it's yeah. Well, it's more challenging. Good. Yeah. Well, anyway, who wants to drown James? Uh yeah I yeah I could drown James I'm gonna jam- I could yeah. drown, I'll James. drown James all right John will drown James even his death has like layered storytelling it's unfortunate yeah. so good at it Skyjack spoilers stop it <laughs> campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production for more information be sure to follow us on Twitter at at campaign pod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. 
Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Who've ever been kind And once for our friends Ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest We're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky